Welcome back to Platica Constructiva. I'm really happy to start this new section again. So basically, for the ones who didn't remember what this is about, this is just about like talking about different topics about Latin America and important things that, well, I think they're important, like the topic we're going to talk today. And first of all, what do you guys thought about the music, the bilingual music? Do you have any thoughts, Danny? Uh, I think it was good. I also knew, um, I actually hadn't heard the song before, so it was new to me. And I think like, I like when they mix like, like Spanish influence with like U.S. influences. Right. Like it just blends together. It kind of like this cool like concoction with like two different cultures. It's really cool. Yeah. And what yeah. do you think, Esmeralda? Bueno, me hace sentir orgullosa de ser latino. <laughs> tal cual, tal cual. Honestamente, a mí también. Me gusta mucho es como escuchar la combinación de inglés y español. Y sabes qué es lo más satisfactorio como latino, como hispana que aprendió inglés después de español. Poder entender los dos lenguajes. Claro. Creo que es lo más satisfactorio que te puede pasar, en mi opinión. Pero bueno, empezamos el tema de bilingualism. Pero primeramente, ¿qué es ser bilingüe o qué es ser multilingüe? Bueno, como el nombre bien lo dice, ser bilingüe o multilingüe significa que una persona es capaz de entender, hablar, escribir dos o más idiomas, en el caso de bilingüe solo son dos, multilingüe más de dos, incluso tres, que esa es muy interesante y personalmente yo lo veo como si fuera incluso un superpoder para muchas personas, especialmente en el mundo de ahora. Entonces tengo aquí a una persona importante que en mi opinión tiene mucho conocimiento sobre el tema, tiene mucho conocimiento sobre eh, la, la importancia de ser bilingüe, especialmente para nosotros los latinos que estamos... <coughs> Básicamente en un país en donde tenemos que aprender un segundo idioma. Muchas veces, como he escuchado, muchas veces tenemos que forzarnos a nosotros mismos a aprender un diferente lenguaje. Entonces, ¿cómo estás, Esmeralda? Primeramente, preséntate. ¿Quién eres? ¿De dónde, de dónde viene tanta experiencia y tanto saber? Vaya. No, 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 no es que tanto saber. Creo que la vida te enseña cada día algo nuevo. Eso no es que sea tanto. Eso es lo, lo hermoso, creo, de aprender, ¿verdad? Uh, bueno. Mi nombre es Esmeralda Tamayo. Uh, ¿Qué puedo decir de mí? Estoy en mi... I'm a grad student ya <ríe> en Montclair. So, estoy muy emocionada de estar aquí y de ser latina, especialmente de un tópico tan importante de ser, de ser bilingüe. Claro que sí. Y para las personas que a lo mejor no nos conocen, creo que lo mencioné en el show anterior, pero yo conocí a Esmeralda. En, yo antes estaba lingüística. So, <ríe> ahora... Uh, y ahí nos conocimos y ahí pues... Vino la amistad y todo. Y Esmeralda, tú eres actualmente maestra en... Sí, sí, soy maestra en dos academias, en SEDA y en Sony. ¡Wow! Sí. ¡Wow! Y aparte estudias. Sí, sí, aparte estudio, y, pero me gusta mi carrera. Creo que por eso llegó tanto a, a querer ayudar a mi comunidad latina, a aprender una segunda lengua y a darles más oportunidades, porque... A, Hablar dos lenguas abre muchas oportunidades. Tal cual. Y, y eso, también adaptarse, perdóname, culturalmente. Tal cual. Entonces, ¿me podrías como, en tu opinión, decir cuál es la importancia de ser bilingüe? Creo que la importancia de ser bilingüe es que podemos adoptar dos diferentes culturas al mismo tiempo de aprender dos idiomas y tener la capacidad de call switch between one language to another. So, call switching plays a tremendous part when we are learning new languages and we're trying to get to the mastery. Right. Danny, what do you think? Like, from my knowledge, like, you speak English first, and then... Mm -hmm. So you dominate the language as English, and then you speak Spanish. So mm -hmm. how... Like, what do you think being bilingual is such an important thing? Uh, first, it's like a... It's like a... Like, a very useful tool 
is a very useful tool. Is it helps me with many situations, especially when, like connecting with other people and knowing like I can branch out with other like people in different backgrounds and things like that. And also because I know like I know it's like scientifically proven that if you know two languages, it's easy for you to learn other topics other than languages as well. Because you're mm. able to like break down like languages, so you can break down things like mathematics and like sciences, things like that as well. Can you give me like any example in real life that ever yeah. happened to you? So like, so you know, Latino like it comes from like Latin like languages, right? Mm -hmm. So I was able to understand Latin words based off like my my, my teachings as a kid about Latin, about Spanish. So because I was able to like learn like sciences faster, like chemistry, because I was able to like, understand some format of Latin. Right. Yeah. Me gustaría hablar de algo respecto a eso, yeah. porque um, una de las pedagogías mías es mayormente inculcar a los estudiantes que utilicen su primer idioma como una manera de querer aprender el segundo. ¿A qué me refiero? Hay muchas teorías muy interesantes, por ejemplo, translanguaging. Eso significa que un estudiante agarra su primer dominio del idioma y lo transfiere al segundo. Y creo que eso podemos ver mucha, muchas similitudes en el inglés, tanto en el español también. Pero no significa todo el tiempo, porque también tenemos amigos falsos refiriendo mm -hmm. con el idioma, que a veces la connotación puede variar. Mm -hmm. Pero obviamente, claro. Y creo mi opinión es que hay muchos tipos de ser bilingüe. Y una de las cosas muy importantes es que al ser bilingües podemos adaptar los dos idiomas tanto gramatical y verbalmente al, a lo que se llama proficiency o ser un bilingüe parci eh, parcial, creo que sería la traducción, que no puede dominar, podemos entenderlo, pero no podemos hablarlo. So quería tocar un poquito un poco de uh, información de eso. <risa> no, claro que sí. Y <coughs> Esmeralda, la, esta pregunta la siguiente es para ti. ¿Cómo tú has visto el desarrollo en estudiantes? Tú enseñas inglés a personas que cuyo primer idioma es español. Entonces, ¿cómo es el proceso que tú has visto en ellos, en el proceso de aprender el segundo lenguaje? ¿Cuáles son los, los, cómo se diría, cuáles son los problemas más comunes que tú ves? ¿Cuál, ¿Cómo es el proceso entre eso? Claro que sí, muchas gracias por la pregunta. Creo que uno de los, no problemas, no lo veo como problemas, le vamos a poner un poquito de obstáculos, obstáculos. Que, pronto, que pronto van a ser destrezas para el estudiante. Porque para mí, para mí lo primero que lo más importante que el estudiante viene especialmente a la academia que yo trabajo es, yo quiero aprender inglés, quiero hablar inglés, y un mayormente lo que pasa es que el estudiante se frustra al querer aprender, pero todo es un proceso. Y si hablamos de la rama de lingüística, estamos hablando de semantics, phonetics, pragmatics y todo eso que trae lo que es el lenguaje en sí toma tiempo. Mayormente hasta uno de los más importantes para el, el para el um, the weirdest standards is having the students master six different levels. Imagínense, para un estudiante tiene que estar en el sistema de ESL toma de cinco a seis años, hasta siete años ya. Pero eso también depende de lo que está también en su contorno también. How sí, el ambiente. The environment. The, I'm sorry, uh, I was thinking both languages right now and trying no, no. to translate. Eso pasa todo el tiempo. All the so time. <laughs> so creo que eso mucho implica si el estudiante está ex, uh, exposed to the language, right? Claro. How often do you practice? How often do you communicate to people who speak also the second language as you? How often do you put it into practice? Because if I'm in a community that all my all my speakers speak my same language, guess what? I never are going to master the language. Y creo que una respondiendo nuevo a tu pregunta es que los estudiantes quieren saltarse cada fase y quieren hablar. Ahora, claro. y también la, la uh, the misconceptions the parents is like, they force their students, uh, their kids, I'm sorry, like, tienes que hablar inglés, no te voy a enseñar español. Y eso es lo que hace que el estudiante se vuelva bilingüe parcial. 
Mm. Sí, uh, yo, perdón, Darían, que si te interrumpa no, algo, no, pero, sí, sí. pero sí, yo he visto eso mucho, especialmente aquí en Montclair, que son bilingües parciales, que ellos entienden, porque obviamente la mamá o da instrucciones al papá, pero no lo pueden hablar de forma fluida. Claro, y, claro. Por ejemplo, yo lo que te quería preguntar, eh, ¿es bueno que los padres enseñen el lenguaje español o inglés desde muy pequeño para que pueda desarrollarlo mejor? mejor? ¿O tú crees que también de adulto uno puede aprender un lenguaje okay, más fácil? So, esto me encanta demasiado y es una teoría muy interesante porque creo que hasta había una teoría que estaba leyendo y me parece interesante. El si tú llegas antes de la adolescencia, tú puedes adaptar, tú tienes el oído internacional, tú puedes adecuar cualquier idioma a la pro proficiency. Okay? Okay. Pero eso depende del padre también, que enseñe la cultura, el idioma y que lo reinforce at home. Pero mayormente lo que pasa es que a veces los padres tienen ese temor que los, que los hijos no, que van a, no, que van a tener uh, problemas cuando están en la escuela. Pero no, el estudiante, eh, perdón, el hijo ya está expuesto al idioma en su, en su vida cotidiana. Lo único que tú tienes que hacer es darle la cultura, enseñarle vocabulario y hacerle ese reinforcement of their native language and where they come from. And at the end of the day, that's their identity. Okay. Oh, that's very interesting. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. So, talking about culture, like, <clears throat> la siguiente pregunta que tengo para ti es, ¿cómo fue para ti, personalmente? Porque yo sé que hemos sido amigas, más que ser compañeras, también hemos sido amigas por ya varios tiempo. Y, básicamente, Esmeralda y yo compartimos el mismo background. Ambas vinimos aquí a la edad de, tú, si no me equivoco, a la edad de nueve años, yo a la edad de once y desde ese entonces has aprendido el idioma. ¿Cómo fue el proceso para ti en aprender un diferente idioma? ¿Empezaste desde cero? ¿Ya tenías un conocimiento desde antes? Ya... Espérenme un momento. Espérenme un momento. Acaba de entrar al estudio nuestro querido David. How are you? Good. How's everyone? I'm sorry that I'm late. No worries. No worries. We're glad you're here. So right now we're talking about a really interesting topic. I know I heard. I was hearing on the... Um, you were? Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I, then you're I up love today. it. Then you're I up today. It. I good. love it. <laughs> well, let me give a shout out to my mom because she's here right now. Oh, Ooh, my God. Saludos. Yes, go ahead. Mama, que está trabajando ahorita. Love you. <laughs> saludos, saludos. Saludos. Y gracias por escucharnos. Vaya. Entonces, volviendo al tema. Estábamos preguntándole ahora mismo a Esmeralda sobre el proceso de ser bilingüe y cómo ella en lo personal pasó durante ese proceso de aprender un diferente idioma. Entonces, vamos a escuchar qué nos tienes que decir. Bueno, primeramente, tanto como persona que está enseñando un inglés, uh, un idioma como segunda lengua y como una persona que también ha tenido experiencia en ese proceso, déjenme decirles que es un proceso un poquito frustrante. Cuando mayormente voy a hablar en lo teórico, que supuestamente cuando ya tenemos, llegamos a la adolescencia, ya tenemos nuestro idioma natal, eh, nuestro idioma interno adentro de nosotros y supuestamente eso es un poco más complicado y el esfuerzo va a ser un poco más forzado y no va a ser natural como lo harían los niños a la temprana edad. So, para mí, venir a los 10 años ya teniendo mi cultura, ya teniendo mi idioma interno fue un poco frustrante. Dejar a mi familia, dejar a mis antiguas costumbres fue un poco frustrante, especialmente porque mi mamá siempre quiso que aprendiera el idioma rápidamente sí. y eso me llegó una frustración muchísimo que me hizo saltearme a una de las modalidades del inglés que eran muy importantes tanto lo sigmático la estructura en oración todo lo que tenga que ver con gramática fue muy muy frustrante para mí y me salté de muchos periodos para mí pude hablar el inglés sí pude hablarlo 
quizás a los cuatro o cinco años lo puede hablar muy, uh, puede dominar el idioma, pero cuando hablamos de la parte de la, de, la, de la gramática y cada rama de lo gramatical, tuve muchos problemas y es uno de los problemas que yo me, that I still face even in college. Oh, wow. Por saltear yeah. ese, ese proceso que un estudiante tiene que pasar. Sí, por tiempo. brincar ese paso. Imagínense, eso sí. para mí fue tan frustrante y hasta el día de hoy consigo estas críticas constructivas de mis profesores, de mis mentores, de mi gramática. Y, y hasta ahora por fin me siento un poco satisfecha con el proceso porque es un, un proceso que nunca va a acabar. Un idioma, hasta incluso mi primer idioma, siempre estoy aprendiendo palabras nuevas. Y siempre digo a una persona, repítamelo de nuevo, ¿qué palabra sí, es esa? Sí. Que son estupendo. Sí, sí. Realmente yo he tenido esa experiencia también con el inglés. Eh, yo, pues, muchas personas... Yo fui yo aprendí español primero, obviamente, mi, mi, mi idioma maternal. Y después aprendí inglés de chiquito. Y obviamente eso me ayudó porque ahora puedo hablar inglés. Pero hay veces que hay, hay ciertas palabras que yo pronuncio que no, no están pronunciadas claro, bien. y eso tiene que ver mucho, mucho, porque cuando tú tienes um, tu manera uh, fonetical y esos patrones, cuando incluye del acento, se va a transformar. Y eso creo que es lo bonito de tener un segundo idioma. Tú puedes llegar al mastery de poder hablarlo nativamente, pero siempre va a haber una palabra que te va a delatar. <risa> siempre hay una. So, yo les invito a todos, si tienen una palabra que les que les delata, yo empiezo con la mía, la mía es party, I don't know, yo siento que la digo mal, ya, uno viene party, party, <ríe> so, cada, siento que siempre una palabra nos va a delatar, ahí vienes, de ese país vienes, sí, sí. So, pero queridos compañeros, eso es algún proceso que es bueno, es divertido, hasta el, quiero compartir esta anécdota, yo justamente, uh, mi fiance es uh, de otro país, de otra diferente cultura, es de, um, es hungareño, Ura, okay. Ura, y a veces, <ríe> Wait, guys, give me one second. Let me shout out to Esmeralda because she just got engaged a couple oh, of days ago. Ahí está el anillo. And it's very... <laughs> the ring she's wearing is very appropriate because it has a big Esmeralda. Like, exactly, <laughs> so exactly. Me propuso matrimonio en el río Esmeralda. It all came together. Wow. That's sí, beautiful. Sí. Congratulations. Lo tenía que decir, gente. Lo siento. Lo tenía que decirlo. Pero continúa. Vamos. Bueno, algo interesante es que mi pareja, el segundo idioma también es inglés mm -hmm. y lo aprendió aquí en Estados Unidos también y mi segundo idioma también es inglés ustedes ya se deben ponerse en la situación cuando los dos estamos enojados él hablándome Hungarian y yo hablando español yo diciendo ay y él hablándome ese idioma yo no te entendí pero por lo que sea está bien por si acaso me voy a cubrir la espalda <risa> pero siempre hay pero lo bonito de tener una pareja que es de otra cultura es que yo aprendo de su cultura también y él aprende mm -hmm. de la mía y actually uh, pidió los blessings de mis padres y lo hizo en español. Oh, wow. Qué, sí, sí. Ay, qué bonito. Eso, eso es muy lindo, es muy lindo. Eh, pero nada, vamos a irnos a un break musical y después volveremos. Eh, las canciones que voy a tocar ahora, the songs that are going to be on the air right now, Hear Me Out by Cordelia and James Minogue. And then we're going to play this song that is usually sang in English, but I found the Spanish version. Genie in a Bottle. Genio oh, embotellado. Sí. Which, I, I don't know, I don't like the Spanish one. <laughs> but like, like the title, <laughs> Genio Atrapado, perdón. Genio Atrapado by Cristina Aguilera. So, we're going to play those two songs. And I hope you guys enjoy. So, as I said before, Hear Me Out by Cordelia and Jaime Minogue. And then we're going to play Genio Atrapado by Cristina Aguilera. So, I hope you guys enjoy. And this is 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. I am Victor Muñiz Rosa. And this is Aquí Planeta Tierra, 
As I said before, I'm joined here by Daria Mosso, Esmeralda, David, and Danny. So, guys, how you doing? How you doing? Did you enjoy Genie in a Bottle in Spanish? It was good. It was really great. Honestly, it was something new I ever heard, so I did enjoy it. It was something <laughs> Vocals, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was singing karaoke yesterday. I was singing Danger Song, dressed as Top Gun. <laughs> so it was interesting. It was an interesting okay. experience. So anyways, we're back with the topics about, you know, being bilingual here in the United States. So I'm going to take it back to Daria Mosso, who was, you know, she was the MC of this of this That's questionnaire, right, of this conversation. So Daria, take it away. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we were like talking to us uh, with Esmeralda about the importance of being bilingual and the process of people who, especially people who English is not their first language, the importance of and the, some difficulties that my people face during this process of learning a second language. But now I would like to hear about you guys. We have Danny Tarifa right here, and we have David as well. So tell us a little bit more about your experience with like your first and your second language. Danny, let's start with you. Yeah. So it was definitely an interesting experience because like, I started growing up. Okay, so I didn't learn Spanish in school. Well, I'm, like had like these old books she brought from like Venezuela, and she like used them to like teach me how to read, essentially. Like the vowels, how to learn how to pronunciate, how to learn the alphabet, how to study, and all that. And then that kind of like was with me to kindergarten. But mm. for some reason, they still put me, I, I knew English like perfectly, but for some reason, they put, still put me in the ESOL program for a bit. I don't know why they just did. They thought I didn't know enough English because like, cause I, I learned Spanish first, so they thought I didn't know English at all. I did, but they just didn't think I did. So, so I wasn't there for about, I want to say, till like third grade. They took me off of the ESOL program. And then, but during that time, like home-wise, I guess I could say it was interesting because like I was essentially like doing like paperwork like adults do as like a five-year-old. And it's like, because like my mom, she doesn't know because she doesn't know English, but I knew some essence of it more than her because I go to actual school. So I would be reading like lower documents, (laughs) documentations, like things about the house. Like I would make phone calls for her for the doctor as a five-year-old to like make my own doctor's appointments, things like that. Oh yeah. my God! Oh, Look wow. at that. That's very interesting. And you wow. think that really like help you now that yeah. you're an adult yeah. with those type of stuff? <laughs> yeah, because some people don't know how. Like some people are like terrified of calling the doctor at like 20, and I'm like, why? Like I'm just scared. Of, like, I don't know what to say. Like just ask and you'll be fine. I'll and probably like, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably still scared. Like, and usually in doctor. those offices, <laughs> they have like a, a bilingual speaker, so they, they do, yeah. you know can just ask like, hey, mm-hmm. can you have someone who talks Spanish and they'll yeah. give you one. And I used to get frustrated by it to like I, cause I'm not out the house as much anymore. So I started realizing mom has to do it on her own now. And I realized like something like when I just walked by on way at like how frustrating it is, why she needed me to do it as a fit, cause she literally couldn't. Cause like it's interesting how like some companies work where like yeah, there's a Spanish speaker or like a Spanish like uh, auto, a robot or whatever. But like sometimes they still don't get you. Like it takes like hours for them to get to answer you. Mm-hmm. Or like oh wait here for us to get a Spanish speaker and it like, takes an hour for you to come they never even get there so you just have to hang up or like sometimes like let's say it's like an automated voice message imagine my mom trying to say it in an accent they don't even understand her at all oh, like, wow. say oh. yes yes oh say that again like multiple times so I get why it was so frustrating her for, like, and she needed me not like she just wanted me to like, do it she actually needed me to do it for her mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's very interesting no definitely I kind of like agree with you in that part because mm-hmm. I go through the same thing with my mom most of the time mm-hmm since i think because i learned i start i come here to this country when i was 11 however i I feel i recently started learning english like at the age of 15 so it was like a like a different process and i still remember helping my mom like talking to people on the phone and being like wow they're saying 
what are they saying? I'm like, wait a minute. I don't know English either. Like, I'm trying my best. So it was like a whole, like, it will be so fun. But at the same time, I get it. Like, um, ha- having that feeling like she needs you. Like, in my case, my mom, she needs me. And it's like, ugh. Like, I wish I could do more. But I'm just like, come on. I use 15. Like, there's not much I can do at this point. Yeah. So I definitely get it. Yeah, I feel you. My, my mom knows English. But what she says to me, like, she doesn't feel confident, like, really, like, speaking it. Yeah. And she doesn't feel. So she tells me, like. Victor, you know, I'm just going to, you know, when she came for for the first time in New Jersey back in January, she's like, I'm going to talk Spanish and eventually someone will understand me. And it worked. <laughs> like there was at least some employee <laughs> in whatever store we were that knew Spanish and that. But yeah, like I get it. Like maybe it's because of your mom. She wasn't, she didn't feel confident. Maybe she knew, yeah. but she didn't feel confident in talking fluently as you would talk in Spanish. So yeah, so yeah that happens a lot. Yeah, I could say that. Um, actually, this happened to me this on monday i think when i was working at home goods um where there was this lady who came in you know she she tried to you know she was speaking english but i guess her english wasn't that well so uh she wanted to know how to like apply here and whatnot but she tried and you know i understood what she was saying because mm-hmm. you know growing up with my mom you know her accent and all that i understood her no matter what but then the moment where she was like Habla español. I'm like, oh, so you habla español. And the way that her face lifted and like it brightened her day, she's like, oh, thank God you can speak Spanish. <laughs> it, it just makes me feel so warm inside because I'm like, I know there's a like, especially especially people who are coming here who don't know English, finding out someone who can speak Spanish is it just lifts lifts me up because I'm like, okay, good. Like I'm here to help you. You know, you're not alone to do this. You know, exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Let's go with you, David. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about your story, like languages? Because you're Mexican. Yeah. You were, were you born here? I was born here. Yeah. And then, but your parents, you're in the yeah, states. Yeah, my parents. Uh, yeah. Came over here. Um, I mean, mostly, most part, I was speaking Spanish at home uh, every day, every day. Um, and then when it came to school, I just spoke English all the time. Uh, it wasn't really that hard for me. Um, I, I, sadly, you were in, I think, ESL, right? Yeah, it was weird. I don't think it's yeah. funny. Uh, <laughs> for me, I wasn't in ESL for some reason. But I think it because I was in a, um, in a school where there were Spanish speakers and they're like, it was very diverse, let's right. just say that. So um, I guess it was somewhat easier for me to like go English and Spanish. But yeah, but most part, I would speak English in school and then uh, Spanish at home. Um, and sometimes when we would go, you know, out to Mexico, you know, uh, during vacation, you're like, you're done with school and whatnot. My, <laughs> I wouldn't be done with school. Once I go into Mexico, I would be back in school again. Technically, it was my aunt teaching me how to like read and write Spanish, so mm. she would be the one teaching me how to read and write. How old were you? I was that time, eight, nine years old. I think it was just oh. yeah, from eight years old to like probably eleven, twelve. Right. So I, I'm thankful for that. You know, they forced me. No, right. You were in the perfect yeah. age to learn yeah, yeah. and yeah, actually so, work. Yeah. Exactly. So they kind of forced me to read and write in Spanish. So now I know how to read and now I have to write in Spanish. And sometimes sometimes when uh, bilingual people who don't know how to read in Spanish don't know how to put the accent in the words. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it would, right, right, right. <laughs> so I'm you know, I'm glad that happened. But um yeah, it was kind of weird. It was stressful as a kid, especially when going to doctor's appointments. Because 
you know, the doctor would say, you know, oh, this this is what's wrong and this, this and that. And then you're trying to translate and you can't find the word in Spanish. <laughs> and I'm like making up words here and there. And I'm like, oh, God. And it was stressful. And then one thing I do remember that really like uh, comes to mind is that even though, you know, there's doctors office that try to be bilingual. One thing is that they had a phone where they would type in and you know they would need a translator oh, I know what but sometimes it would be a robot talking in spanish um so yeah. <laughs> it's it was it was kind of weird to see that i'm like whoa like you need you need a phone to like you know try to communicate with someone you know right. it's like you, there's no like diversity in like bringing you know spanish speakers into the workplace right mm-hmm. and that's one thing that sometimes businesses are lacking Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, we need those people to have, and in any language, to be quite honest. It's mm-hmm. like you need to have these people to communicate with, you know, with um, people coming over to this country. Because not everyone knows English. And that's one mm-hmm. thing that they really need to, like, learn how to, like, help people out. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And you're extremely right with that. And espero que en serio poco a poco haya más diversidad con respecto a ser bilingüe, porque, mm-hmm. y eso vamos a la siguiente pregunta, pero primero, señor Víctor, sí, cuéntenos sobre su experiencia. Yo tengo mucha curiosidad contigo en específico, porque tú, estuviste, tú naciste en Puerto Rico. ¿Cómo es la educación de inglés en Puerto Rico? ¿Cómo? Pues, o sea, ¿aprendiste desde chiquito? Pues, ¿Fuiste a clases? Pues depende de, de, de tu situación realmente. Yo pues tuve el privilegio de estudiar en una escuela privada y, y, mm. y con esa escuela privada vino una educación privilegiada donde aprendí inglés, donde me hablaban en inglés solamente y así uno puede pues poco a poco eh, desarrollar su, el idioma. Y obviamente también mi, mi familia era bien pro inglés, o que todas las películas que yo veía tenían que ser en inglés. ¿Tu familia hablaba en inglés en la casa? Eh, no, pero todo lo que consumíamos, por ejemplo, cuando yo veía Nickelodeon, Disney, era en inglés. Y pues eso me ayudó obviamente a, a desarrollar el inglés, más obviamente fuera de, del, del hogar, en la escuela, aprendí inglés desde muy pequeño. Y eso pues me ayudó, pero no muchas personas en Puerto Rico tienen esa, esa ventaja. Y depend- si va a una escuela pública, en, por ejemplo, no es lo mismo. Y muchas veces, eh, muchas veces lo, los niños que salen de escuela pública no, no di- dominan el inglés. Uh-huh. Como, como yo, que puedo hablar inglés normal. Que depende de, de tu situación. Pero para mí fue privilegiada que pude aprender inglés desde chiquito. Consumía mucho contenido en inglés. Eh, y, y así, así yo aprendí inglés. No, claro que sí. Ese es un buen punto sobre la educación actualmente en el país. Uh, no solo en Puerto Rico, pero también en muchos países de Latinoamérica, en donde lastimosamente el inglés se toma muy poco en serio. De hecho, recientemente escuché un, un reportaje sobre mi país, yo soy de Ecuador, que de hecho la educación en inglés es demasiado baja. Al menos en Ecuador la, el inglés es demasiado bajo y creo que debería eso debería cambiar porque al final del día el inglés es el primer idioma en el mundo. Uh-huh. El primer idioma en el mundo y si no tenemos esa herramienta que es ahora que se ha convertido fundamental, como dijo David, uh, debería existir más, más, se me fue la palabra David, diversidad. ayúdame. Diversidad, muchas gracias, más diversidad con respecto al lenguaje. Y voy con esto con la siguiente pregunta. ¿Qué ustedes opinan? Hace tiempo mi mamá me dijo esta frase hace unos cuantos años que la verdad me dejó con mucha duda hasta el día de hoy. 
Y la frase, ¿qué ustedes piensan sobre la frase? <coughs> Aquí voy. <risa> uh, sobre el la monolingüismo. Frase. <risa> la frase, el monolingüismo es el nuevo analfabetismo. Uh, qué bueno. cita interesante. Les dije, oh, wow. les dije, necesitaba tiempo para procesarla, vaya. Es una muy buena palabra también. Pero, ¿qué ustedes opinan sobre esa frase? Bueno, para mí cuando la, la escucha, o sea, me impactó porque yo siento que es real, que muchas personas se sienten, o sea, se sienten, no se sienten bien por, porque no pueden hablar un idioma adicional y mucha gente viene a Estados Unidos y no dominan el inglés. Y en cierto punto, si no sabe inglés aquí, es bien difícil moverse, aunque hay muchas comunidades dentro de New Jersey, en otros lugares en los estados que, que hay mucha comunidad en español y todo el mundo habla español pero hay veces que tienes que salir fuera de esas comunidades y hacer cosas básicas como ir a una cita a un doctor o ir al uh -huh. DMV que, que sí, uno se siente yo diría que, que sí, que esa cita es cierta de que el monolingüismo es el nuevo analfabetismo lo dije bien, analfabeta Analfabetismo. 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 <risa> Como en la primaria, chicos. Analfabetismo. Tal sí, cual. Sí. Bueno, vamos con. Maybe I'll use Google Translate. But, uh, <risa> la, I'll try. No, It's like... Yo sé cómo hablar en español. A veces cuando dicen una palabra en español que es. Yo ni conozco. Like, what? Yeah, okay. mono, monolingüismo es well, mono, like, you know, sing, sing, you know, speaking one language. So, monolingüism. Oh, okay. So, the monolingüism is the new illiteracy. 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 There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Esa es, la palabra, esa es la palabra que delata mi, mi segundo idioma. So, there you go. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? But I understand. There, thank you. Thank you. Muchas gracias. I think it's very true, especially because, like, look back about 30 years ago, we're in the 1990s, like, we only had, like, computers, essentially. Like, people were essentially isolated because of their countries, newspapers. Most things were local. You only knew everything that was around you. But now we have, like, the digital age mm -hmm. that's rapidly growing, and it's, like, never before seen in, like, in basically the new industrial age, if you think about it, just virtual. Yeah. So now we're essentially connected with everybody. Like, you can, I can look at China in real time now if I want to. I could never do that 30 years ago. And Good that's point. insane. So yeah. the fact that we're connected, but linguistically we're not, is going to, like, it's going to essentially handicap us. Mm. Because we have this capability, but then we don't have the ability to, like, communicate and connect with each other. So that is true. Cause it's a new alphabet because we can actually connect to people beyond A, B, C through D. We can do, like, different, like, um, I don't know the Chinese alphabet, but <laughs> something like that. Like, it's like, it's a huge capability now. Right. Yeah. I think I saw, oh, I don't know. Oh, I think I saw like, um, I don't know on TikTok where they combine all of these, you know, um, languages together to create its own language in itself. And I even understood it where I think, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a new language where they put Spanish and Portuguese and Italian all mixed in together. Is it Esperanto? I think so. Because Esperanto was a language created for scientific purposes. And right. like they created this language so that, you know, it would be like the international language that everybody would know. But it kind of fell off. Like it didn't mm -hmm. become what they used to. Maybe we're talking about a new thing, but I know Esperanto had a similar, uh, you know, way of doing, you know, they wanted to do it internationally. Right. So, yeah, it's very interesting. You know, as you said, Danny, the, the technological digital age is changing a lot of stuff. But at the same time, you know, if you just speak one language, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. 
So, so yeah, Darian, you got any more questions? Yeah. So for now, I just want to like see if Esmeralda has something to talk like regard the question that we just asked. What do you think about it? Yo creo que si lo veo en la parte base educativa, um, creo que es lo que las escuelas mayormente tratan de like promote, especially when they're in the ESL classes, is not having the student use their second language. And I feel that's where we lack it most of the time. Porque quieren hacerlos monolingües en vez de hacerlos bilingües. Mm -hmm. Eso es un gran punto. Pero que vamos a discutir en un ratito, porque en este momento vamos a... ¿Qué te parece, Víctor, si vamos a una pequeña pausa? Pues claro que sí. Y eh. después, ¿por qué no poner las entrevistas? Porque no solo nosotros aquí tenemos muchas opiniones en el estudio, pero muchas personas en Montclair afuera también tienen sus opiniones. Y aquí nuestro compañero... Dani Tarifa nos ayudó por primera vez a hacer entrevistas a Montclair City students to talk about, to tell us a little more about the importance of bilingualism. So, vamos a un corte y después escuchemos las entrevistas. Yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Yes. Like it. Yes. For now, we're going to listen to I Like It by Enrique Iglesias and Pitbull. And then we're going to listen to Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. These are two artists, very important artists, I think, in Latin America because they were like the first Latin artists to like really become famous and doing like the crossover the crossover is basically you know they're traditionally spanish singing artists and then they do the crossover which is start singing in english and you know living la vida loca open the door for many artists to keep doing that including you know enrique iglesias shakira and so much more so yeah i like it by enrique iglesias and living la vida loca by ricky martin so i hope you guys enjoy sure. so let's go back to our topic Bilingualism, which is still a tough word to say, but I got it, I got it. <laughs> so, let's go back to talk about, uh, nos quedamos en el bilingüismo, bilingüismo entre comillas, en las escuelas. Y quiero que Esmeralda vuelva a hablarnos un poco del tema, porque ella además, eh, como me mencionaste, tú fuiste uh, maestra en Union City High School, ¿no es así? No fui maestra, estuve haciendo mi, uh, trabajando como sustituta ahí. Sustituta, una sí, disculpa. Sí. Yeah. <laughs> Estoy haciendo mis clinicals en Newark, ahorita es una high school. <laughs> wow, wow. Sí, sí. Pero uh, hablando del tema, de, ¿puedes repetir la pregunta? No, básicamente un poquito de tu experiencia en Union City High School. Oh. En una escuela pública, vaya. Ok, so te puedo dar la experiencia, la que tengo ahorita mismo en Newark. La que te puedo decir es que me gusta mucho cómo están promoviendo ahí eh, los programas de inglés. Ahorita mismo tenemos programas de ESL y también tenemos programas separados para bilingüe. ¿A qué me refiero con esto? Que más la, la población de Newark está más, um, tiene más estudiantes que hablan español y al mismo también portugués. Entonces, lo que hacen es que los estudiantes toman clases también uh, bilingües, pero también es clases que también promueven su, su primer idioma también. Por ejemplo, eh, sin, la, sin que la población tenga tantos estudiantes que tengan uh, hablan portugués, lo que hacen es que tomen clases también de portugués y al mismo tiempo inglés, son los mismos para los dos. So, me pareció muy, muy, muy bueno, muy buena estrategia y me parece bien, me habría gustado que hubieran hecho también eso con poco con algunas, algunos distritos. Ese es el tal el tema que me gustaría también discutir y es de que <coughs> voy a darles un poco de contexto, I'm going to give a little context. So, Esmeralda y yo hace tiempo, mucho tiempo, estuvimos platicando sobre porque las dos estuvimos en programas bilingües. Mi experiencia es que cuando yo llegué a este país, yo entré automáticamente a programas bilingües. Y me gusta decir bilingües entre comillas porque realmente no es 
está bilingüe como te lo hacen, como estoy sonaría, de, vaya. Verdad, estoy de acuerdo, cuando yo estaba sustituyendo en Union, en Union City, uh, me recuerdo que todos los anuncios son en español, todo, todo es en español. So, uh -huh. Mejor dicho, si estás aprendiendo un segundo idioma, todo tiene que ser moderado. Uh -huh. Porque si tú le das tanta facilidad al estudiante que hable su segundo idioma, no va a querer aprender. Claro. No va a querer, perdón, no va a querer aprender su segundo idioma, se va a quedar con el primero. Uh -huh. Y eso may mayormente pasó con mis compañeros que estaban en el programa de, de ESL, que hasta el día de hoy no están dominando el idioma. Y ese es un problema muy grave que la verdad yo me gustaría mucho topar este tema y también dar que ustedes me den su opinión al respecto. Voy a empezar yo con mi experiencia personal. So, como conté anteriormente, yo me mudé a este país cuando tenía 11 años de edad. Mi inglés era... Uy, no. O sea, era muy básico. Yo a lo mucho te sabía decir, hello, how are you? Y how much is this? Nada más, nada más. Era hasta ahí podía. Y la típica frase, may I go use the bathroom, please? Hasta ahí nomás. Entonces, para mí fue un proceso muy duro aprender inglés. No tanto por el hecho de que haya tenido que salir de mi casa, de mi país, que de por sí ya es un proceso duro. Pero además porque la mayoría, durante ese tiempo de los 11 a los 14 años, yo solo hablaba español. Yo solo hablaba español, yo no hablaba inglés. Todas las clases bilingües, que supuestamente en las escuelas te dan a las personas que no hablan español, las personas que no hablan inglés, disculpa, todo era en español. Realmente no existía una... Una, claro que habían clases de inglés, lo básico, pero fuera de ahí todo era en español. ¿Y qué ganas como consecuencia de eso? De que el proceso de aprender un segundo idioma te demore aún más. Claro. Entonces, eso es, una, es un tema interesante que me gustaría topar. Y también escuchar qué ustedes opinan sobre eso, cómo ustedes cambiarían eso. Porque realmente lo que las escuelas están tratando, en mi perspectiva, como dijo Esmeralda, creo que fue Esmeralda la que dijo esto en algún punto. Realmente no quieren que nos volvamos bilingües. Quieren que dejemos nuestro primer idioma de lado para solo hablar inglés. Creo que todo, Darían, disculpa que te interrumpe, creo que todo tiene que ser eh, graduado. Uh -huh. En forma, todo tiene que ser moderado. Todo tiene que tener, todo tiene que estar, todo tiene, I'm sorry, todo tiene no que worries. estar... Okay, we're having technical difficulties <laughs> with the microphone. It's not I'm your sorry. fault. It's just that it goes, you know, it's, it doesn't stay still. Yeah. So no worries about that. You can speak there and, and I can hear you. So no worries. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I can hear you. So todo tiene que ser graduado. Y creo que tuve la oportunidad de um, study abroad in Finland. And actually one of my research that I did, it was like concentrate why Finnish, Finnish speakers dominate more than one language. Uh -huh. Porque en Finland lo que hacen es que los speakers hablan más de dos idiomas. Y mayormente las escuelas lo que hacen es que promueven eso. Pero no, no solamente hablar todo el tiempo sus dos idiomas, no. Tienen un momento en la clase para decir todos los estudiantes se presenten en su primer idioma. Y incluso la maestra reinforce that y trata de aprender el idioma de cada estudiante, respetando la, la cultura, respetando los valores de cada estudiante. Todo tiene que ser graduado. No todo tiene el tiempo de la facilidad al estudiante, porque es una comunidad hispana, hablar todo el tiempo en español, sino cuál es el punto de aprender una segunda lengua. Se vuelve una, una comunidad muy conformista, creo yo. Uh -huh. Pero todo tiene que ser graduado. Es mi opinión propia. Claro. Y ustedes, chicos, aprovechando que están aquí, ¿ustedes qué opinan sobre este, este método que han tomado las escuelas? Al menos en mi escuela pasó en eso, en la escuela que Esmeralda y yo fuimos, porque chistosamente fuimos a la misma escuela, pero no nos conocíamos hasta que fuimos a la universidad. Pero 
¿Pasó algo, algo parecido con los estudiantes bilingües en sus escuelas? Bro, my Spanish teacher, freshman year, didn't know any Spanish. She only just went to Spain. She came back and she got the, she got the job. What? She was a teacher, but she didn't know any Spanish. Like, she, off the book. She just had, like, a, she had, like, a, some course in Spain. She came back and she was just teaching Spanish to, like, English speakers. Like, I feel like some people just aren't, because, like, okay, I don't, I don't have to take ESO afterwards, but I know, like, if I remember, like, some people who are supposed to be qualified to teach Spanish in other languages really aren't. Right. Like, they, they just have, like, oh, I took this uh, course in college and I, I can teach Spanish now. Like, they don't even have any, like, long backers or anything. So that's the thing, like, some people just aren't, they don't have people qualified enough to teach it. Yeah, so you kind of have to fend for yourself. Mm -hmm. Y ese es un punto importante. Mm -hmm. Y un punto que, honestamente, eh, bueno, en, en mi caso de la escuela donde fuimos, la mayoría de gente habla español, entonces realmente no hay problema con eso. Pero sí, pero sí es un buen punto que acabas de mencionar sobre que realmente no se le toma la importancia al español mm -hmm. como se debería tomarla. Entonces, eso al final perjudica al estudiante y perjudica a las personas que realmente quieren aprender un idioma y simplemente no se puede porque si el maestro no sabe cómo van a aprender los alumnos. Mm. David, what do you think? Um, okay, well, in my my middle school and high school, uh, well, I didn't take Spanish in high school. I took German because <laughs> oh, I was like, you know, I already know Spanish, whatever. <laughs> But um, I know that in middle school, my middle school Spanish teacher is Portuguese. So... There's one thing that really rubs me the wrong way. This is my opinion, where sometimes they think they know how to speak Spanish, but they actually don't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't put that in your resume because you actually don't know the language. Right. And it's 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 annoying. <laughs> I will say that. Pero eso es lo que más me molesta. Es, de que las escuelas que se suponen que tienen que estar seguros de que los, de que los maestros estén capacitados mm -hmm. para enseñar. Right. Realmente no le dan importancia, sino porque estarían ahí dando clases. Disculpame, Darien, que um, porque estamos hablando de la educación y este tema a mí me, me uh -huh. apasiona tanto y me gustaría informar que cada distrito demuestra cómo los programas de, de ESL o bilingües eh, pueden ser hechos, mejor dicho. Uh -huh. Cada distrito tiene diferente approach. Like Newark tiene un diferente approach Union City tiene diferente approach, cada escuela tiene diferente approach, como lo quieren hacer. ¿Todos visto alguna tienen diferencia? Que, pero tienen que seguir, con tal que ESL tiene que seguir los estándares de WIDA, the WIDA standards, que son de los estudiantes para que lleguen a la proficiency level. ¿Qué son los WIDA standards? Por ejemplo, uh, you have, uh, for example, I'm an ESL teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Every time I'm making my lesson plan, you, I need to put that in there. If, for example, they have to take exam. I don't know if you guys were in the ESL program before. Uh, Darren, I, I don't even know what ESL is, so for okay. the listener. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, Darren, you've been in the ESL program with me. Yeah. Have you taken an exam to, so you can get out of the ESL program? Yeah. Okay, so basically, if you scored three and four, there is an ESL teacher that is going to teach you uh, a score a little more higher than four, so you can get out of the, of the ESL program. When you get out, you take the final exam, and then they put you in another monolingual classes but at the same time you have to take your final course of ESL so the process is not going to be like that for you going to have gradually go into monolingual mm -hmm. so like that's what I was trying to say every program is different as long as they follow the standards they have to follow the students have to score um, I think the maximum six, six I don't remember that well but para que salgan de ese programa tienen que, tienen que eh, llegar al proficiency mm. pero todo tiene que ser graduado para llegar a ese programa, desde salirse del programa, perdón, right. disculpen. No, I think, I did notice a lot that 
sometimes the Spanish kid, the Spanish speaker kids, are kind of somewhat segregated from everyone else. Yeah, and sometimes when you know they have math class or whatever, they're kind of like pushed aside from the teacher because they don't. The teacher doesn't know how to really communicate with that student. So I've noticed that it's it's somewhat segregated where Spanish speaker students aren't paid much attention than the regular. Well, I don't want to say regular kids, but like those who do speak English. I don't know if anyone has. Creo que es muy interesante ese tema lo que acabas de decir. Y justamente me recuerdo que había esta uh, misconception that hacer in English as a second language is considered as a disability. Right. Considerado en las escuelas y yo mm -hmm. me pongo a pensar. Espera, esto no es una deshabilidad. Mm -hmm. Eso es aprender el proceso de ser bilingüe. Mm -hmm. so, y eso también va, creo que eso depende de, demasiado en el, el approach that the teacher is trying to get with the right. student. Mm -hmm. Everything should be, you want your class to be inclusive. You don't right. want that. You don't want to segregate the student. Mm -hmm. You always want to try to build a good community of practice. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the lack, sometimes the teachers se olvidan por qué se volvieron a ser maestros, que es la pasión de querer enseñar, ayudar. So, creo que eso depende mucho del approach de la pedagogía que tenga el maestro, creo mucho. Mm -hmm. Pero creo que Moncler tiene buen, estoy segura, <laughs> tiene un buen programa de educación. Yeah. Yo soy muy feliz con mi programa. Ya, yeah, y esos son, oh my God. Chicos, estoy enferma, entonces disculpen si se me sale un gallo en algún momento. <laughs> Pero, de hecho, que mencionaron un buen punto, sobre todo David, sobre el tema de que muchas veces a las personas, a los ESL, a los mm -hmm. estudiantes de ESL, nos tratan muy mal. Y honestamente, sí, yo me voy a incluir en el sí, grupo. Me, me voy a incluir en el grupo porque a mí, sí me, a mí sí me hicieron bullying. Alguien de los bilingües. No, we used to no call them all the Spanish bilingües. kids. The Spanish kids are coming. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Alguien de los bilingües. Yeah. ¿Tú eras el bully? No, 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 no. no. That, I would hear, I would hear people say that. Oh, my God, that sounds so horrible. No, I didn't no, have that. I definitely didn't have that. No, but, like, there was a lot of kids who would be like, oh, this, uh, yo, they'd be like, oh, yo, the Spanish kids are being loud today. Yeah. I oh know. Yeah. That is you know, yeah. 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 Exactly. Y eso, qué interesante tema porque ahora también los adultos hacen los niños. Miren cómo están yeah. haciendo eso. Like right now it's like the no sabo kids. Yeah. The no sabo kids. Un, honestamente horrible. Horrible. Explíquenme, disculpen la. Explíquenme por qué las personas que ya dominan, especialmente adultos, dominan el idioma. Se hacen bullying entre adultos a, pretendiendo que no hablan el idioma. I think it's like, okay, because I, I know people who are like this, so I think it's, yeah, it's like, the accent. Like, it's, if you talk it in yeah. a certain way, you know that. Pero oh, tendríamos que apoyar yeah. a nuestra comunidad. I know, right? Yeah. That's what I think. That's what I think. Between people who like know it beforehand, people who like learned it afterwards, and like obviously, like, because that's like, like you learned your first, it was your first language. Mine is my second. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think in English. Like, that's just reality, my mm -hmm. concept, right? So, like, there's a separation, all this tension because, like, essentially we all live in the U.S., right? So I have to act more Venezuelan than Venezuelans because I'm not from Venezuela. Mm -hmm. But I also have to act as a U.S. citizen more than other U.S. citizens, right? And that's that constant tension, but we both have different, like, perceptions of it because you're from Peru, you're from Ecuador, so you have this strong cultural background. I never had that because I never went to Venezuela, so I have to act. So there's also, like, this tension between, like, you have this strong, like, cultural background, and, like, I do too, and essentially the U.S. background is kind of like, 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 it's just tension. I don't know why it's there. It just, right. it was always been there, and it's been there since, like, generations. Because like, I know people who were here beforehand, were from Venezuela, like, from, like, the 90s. And, like, 
they still had like that tension with like other Venezuelans. Like, oh, these Venezuelans, they don't know what they're doing. Like, you're literally Venezuelan. So like I don't know why he's talking so bad about other Venezuelans just because you're from here. Yeah. It's very triste to see that between Latinos there's so much competition when we're supposed to be supporting each other. And that happens in all senses. And honestly, ya basta, ya basta, yeah. ¿no? Yes. Porque es injusto, porque yeah. en algún momento nosotros hemos estado por esa situación y sería muy hipócrita de mi parte tratar mal a otro latino cuando yo, yo mismo he pasado por esa situación. Entonces, para finalizar esta sesión y para ir a corte musical, ¿qué consejo les darían a las personas que quieran aprender un segundo idioma? Empezamos contigo, Esmeralda. Yeah. No tengas miedo de salir de tu zona de confort. Try new things. Si lo dices mal, lo dices mal, pero estás practicando. Exacto. Y vas a llegar a ir profesional. Yes. ¡Amén! ¡Oh, my yeah. God! Me gustó eso, me gustó eso. David, vamos contigo. Uh, échale ganas. Uh, nunca, no dejes de, I guess, don't give up because, you know, you're learning and, you know, everyone keeps learning. Don't give up. Don't get into the mindset that, oh, I'm saying it wrong and, you know, uh, you know I can't do it anymore. It's like, no, you keep going, you know. You, can't let anyone tell you what to do you can't let anyone like i guess you know just make fun of you i guess mm -hmm. yeah i guess i was just saying that D don't be scared danny uh okay so don't just do like the spanish for dummies from a book i say <laughs> literally throw yourself into like not just spanish but, like the culture like hispanic culture you'll learn my opinion you'll learn way faster if my you really just throw yourself in the culture be around that be around different like restaurants like areas of the city you'll learn much faster than somebody just from learning from a book in my opinion mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. yes i agree I vamos agree. contigo victor cuál uh, es tu consejo yeah just throw yourself out there like david say echale ganas uh yeah i agree that you just gotta you know talk spanish and not be afraid to mess up because mm -hmm. that's how you learn you learn from making mistakes and to add up what was saying danny there's a culture like in every latino culture that you know that You know, if a certain person who grows up here, like Danny, who grew up in the United States and didn't mm -hmm. go to Venezuela, there's like this certain like, oh, he's not Latino. Mm -hmm. And I disagree. Like, you're Latino no matter what. Thank you. you know, you, you have Venezuelan in your blood, mm -hmm. you know, no matter what. So I believe that, you know, even though maybe some people don't speak Spanish the right way or mm -hmm. they're learning, you know, it doesn't matter. They're Hispanic. It's in their blood. So, yeah, I agree. But as Darian said, musical break. Espérame, pero falta mi consejo. Ah, no, pues. Dale, Darian, perdón, perdón. Darian, go off, go off. Mi consejo es, síguele. No dejes que nadie te detenga. No dejes que los comentarios ignorantes de la gente te hagan pensar que estás haciéndolo mal. Porque por lo menos lo estás intentando, hermano. Por lo menos estás ahí intentando. Mucha gente se rinde en el intento. Y después dicen, ay, no puedo. Like, por lo menos lo intentas y eso es lo importante. Entonces, Ahora sí, vamos a la pausa musical y después vamos con un juego de Ecuadorian slang. Oh, Ooh. because last week I did the same thing with Darian. It where was we a did really good idea. Y nos gustaría hacer eso. Sería una buena idea hacerlo con otros países, otras nacionalidades. ¿Qué opinan? Sería una, yeah. sería una oh, buena yeah. dinámica. I would love that David Mexican slang or, you know, Danny Venezuelan slang. You know, that would be lovely. But yeah, we're going to listen to some music. I'm going to play I Need to Know by Mark Anthony. Which, fun fact, Mark Anthony started as an English singing artist. And then he did an album of salsa, and that changed his career forever. Now he's a salsa singer. But, you know, he sometimes, from time to time, does an English song like this one, I Need to Know, by Mark Anthony. And then we have Odio by Romeo Santos featuring Drake. Yes, 
Drake sings with Romeo Santos, mm-hmm. known for Bachata. And it's that. a great song. It's a great song. So I hope you guys enjoy this. You know, I Need to Know by Marco Anthony. And then Odio by Romeo Santos featuring Drake. So let's go. And we're back at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. I hope you guys are doing great. And yeah, we're back at Aquí Planeta Tierra. How you guys doing? We're good, we're good. We're good, we're good. Yeah, this yeah. is like the half hour versus just having fun. Yeah, So, Darian has a game show. <gasps> That's right. Similar to what I did last week, where I talked about Puerto Rican slang, and you guys had to guess what it meant and stuff like that. So now we got, what do we got, Darian? Right now, we have the second part of the game, Ecuadorian slang game. Ecuador. Ecuador, tal cual. Look at that. We have a new... We have a guest um, right here. Mr. Foster. Mr. Foster, how Anthony are you? Anthony Foster, how you doing, Bienvenido, hostia. I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> how you doing? Uh, really good, really good. I uh, I don't know, I just had free time, so I figured I'd stop by. I don't okay, want to so, anything. Yeah. You can sit down, no worries. Welcome to Aquí Planeta Tierra, our bilingual first... show of the oh, 90.3 okay. <laughs> WMS <laughs> Montclair. Yeah. So, if you have some knowledge in Spanish, this is the perfect time. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can only really read and write Spanish and understand oh, it sometimes. Nice, but nice. So right really now we're going to have this fun game. Oh, okay. It's Ecuadorian slang game. So I'll tell you guys a couple of words, Ecuadorian slang words, and you guys have to guess what's the meaning of it. Okay. So how are you guys feeling? How are you guys feeling? <laughs> feeling confident? Not really? I feel mm. somewhat okay. <laughs> somewhat okay. I think I'll get some of it. We'll see. Yeah. How about you, Danny? What do you think? I'll be fine. You'll be fine? Oh, yeah, I'm oh, fine. He, he sounds confident, though. I love it. I love it. Wait, I mean, how's your, did you have your show yet, Danny? Did you have your? Oh, uh, oh, because it got rather sports thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. My bad. There you go. <laughs> Soccer, I forgot. <laughs> well, let's go with the game. So the first word we have is, I'm pretty sure, this is the easiest one, I guess. Guagua. Oh. It's a car, right? It's a van. La guagua. Yeah, I know what it is. In Puerto Rico, it's, yeah. a, it's a car. Yeah. But in Ecuador, it has another meaning. Oh, oh, right. oh it's, it's an intimate part, right? No. <laughs> no, what? No. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure. It's not that. Are you, are you trying to like shut us down or something? No, wait. I thought it Wait, I'm sorry. I thought it was. <laughs> That's why she was like, when I say guagua, she would look at me like, what are you talking about? No. I'm like, I'm sorry. No, no, no. So to give you a hint, it's like uh, it's como ni siquiera puedo dar un ejemplo vaya. Um, les voy a dar un. I'm gonna give you guys a sentence and mm-hmm. then you guys can like guess. Okay. Mm. El guagua está corriendo. The guagua is running. Oh, the dog. The dog. No. The dog. No. <laughs> the, dog. the refrigerator. I don't <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Dan? How about oh, you, David? No. ¿Cómo se dice again? Guagua. El guagua está corriendo. El is it is it a living thing? Yeah. Okay. Is it a man? Oh. The no. man is running. It's like a baby. You're close. Oh, is it is it like your mind? No. You say something about men. You're close. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a man running. Like I'm close. Give me the point. Like <laughs> okay, so it's okay. So in Ecuador, guagua means kid. Oh, yeah. Good. That's what I was saying. You're you were close. That's the first. Okay. So I know, like, I thought it would be the like the easiest one <laughs> oh, no. because in Ecuador, uh, um, in Puerto Rico, guagua means the band. Like everyone yeah, here yeah, guessed, big, yeah. but in Ecuador, mm-hmm. the same word has a different meaning. Uh-huh. Guagua means like a kid. But it so, is spelled the same. 
Huh? Is it spelled the same? It's just spelled the same. Oh, I okay. guess, yeah. Is... That I gotta say, for me, that's really weird. Like <laughs> wagua. Like for me, it's a wagua, and then a, <laughs> and then wagua. A little kid. Okay. I know. Well, the Wawa I know is the Wawa, you know, the, the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> no, I worked at Wawa. I can't think of anything else. So, zero points for all of us? Or should I get, like, a pity point? Because you get I kinda... a point five point. Point five? Uh, zero point five. Like, zero point five. Okay. I'm winning, works. so I'm good. Okay. okay, so this one, Victor, you have to get this one. Okay. Because you uh, hear me saying this word a lot. Okay. And I, I, I think a couple of you. I'm not sure. Ñaño. Nya, nya. I have heard it, mm. and I'm thinking of what it. Nya, 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 nya. <laughs> I guess nya, nya. family member. Mm. Uh, nya, nya. Uh, a baby. Mm. Is that a brother? A no, it's like a the the nana, uh, grandma. No. You you call Victor this? No, no. Oh, she you say it around Victor a lot. Yes, oh. because we're mm. together a lot. We're co-hosts and hosts. So. Mm. <laughs> so I have heard it, but I don't know. Danny, what do you think? I think. I know because I'm. Trying... <laughs> It's not baby because that's too obvious, and it's probably it's definitely a person like a type of like. Is it like you have a ñaño? I have a ñaño. You have a ñaño. What's that? What's that mean? Like oh, it's like a brother. Yeah. Okay, I said brother. Let the record reflect. I said brother. We have the audacity recording. Yeah, go back, go back. I said brother. There you go. I did. I really did. So yeah, give me two points. Yo. No, like one point and one point and half. I want a half point. And see it right here. So Victor, you go. That's good. So ñaño in Ecuador significa hermano, or in the femenino ñaña. So, por ejemplo, tú tienes una ñaña, yo yeah. la conocí, de yeah. hecho, mientras estamos haciendo las entrevistas con Dani en, en Montclair. Entonces, yeah, there you go. So, next time, sometimes you hear me saying, I need to speak with my ñaño, you already know I'm talking about my siblings or my brother or my sister. So, that's that. So, let's go with another one that it might sound extremely easy, but some people simply don't get it. Man. ¿Más Like a friend, like a friend. un amigo. Like a friend? Yeah, man, no. a friend. You're close, but not really. Uh, well, I think For example, the... I'm going to give a sentence. Este man molesta mucho. This person. <laughs> like this, this, like... Annoys this, You're close. This, uh, this... Like a stranger? This stranger. Mm. Yeah, this, uh... Well, there's an, another, like, informal way to say stranger. Oh, is mm. it like... This uh, random person. This no. Random. <laughs> <laughs> this crazy guy or something? Yeah, it's like, like this crazy or, person? Like, mm. It's like you say it's when you're mad. Is right? it like a friendly? It's not. Is it a friendly term? Like this, este man or no? Because I know it's like usted, right? No. Like, instead of saying usted, you it's, say man. Like it's all the opposite, <laughs> man. 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 No. I've heard this before, but I just yeah. there's this word in English that describes perfectly. When sometimes you're saying, "Wow, this is so." This is amazing. I don't no. Know. <laughs> this person, no. Like. Uh, it comes from the English? This like, yeah. pedestrian, I don't know. <laughs> this peasant, yeah. What? This peasant, I don't know. Este man. Like a human? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I use human. that sometimes. This este human. The human? Like. Este man. This person? Like. Individual? There's some, like, an informal way to say person. I give up. Um, I give up. Person. I don't know about you. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. is, is it like slang? Yeah. In English? Yeah. Slang this in dude? English? Like, no. Uh, what you said? Like, dude? Yeah! Oh. Yes! Oh. Okay. One point for Danny. Yeah. One point for Danny. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So usually, 
-hmm. Some people, especially in, in an informal way in Ecuador, they say, este man or esta man. Mm -hmm. For example, you're, I heard this sentence, like, especially when people is annoyed. For example, at work, let's put an example. Oh, this dude has been so annoying. Like, he doesn't want to pay me in cash, for example. Oh, este man, que fastidioso que no me quiere pagar en efectivo. Este man o esta man. So, that's the word. Ah, I'm so happy you got it. I'm so happy you got it. So, one point for Danny, one point five for me. And then zero over here. No, I don't want to hear it. So, the next one we have is cojudo. Cojudo. Elbow. Cojudo is like a... I think I know what it is. Like a a person who is not afraid. Like he's like he's gonna do it. Like he's no. gonna like. Oh. No. Wait, is like is it a noun or like? It is word? um, it is a noun. Okay, I'm just sure. No, um, no. Like you're describing someone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it like a brave it's person? A, it's not a verb. It's not an action. It's not, it's not an adjective either. Mm, it's I think it's an adjective. Yeah. Okay, so you can be like this person cojudo. is cojudo. Cojudo. Es este man es cojudo. Yeah. Uh -huh. oh, okay. 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 Let's make sure. Okay. Um. Cojudo. I feel like I would know this. Thing. It's something like negative. Oh. It's oh, negative. Okay. Uh, like shy. A mean person. Like daring. Or, or annoying. Like, um. Like what's social. the words? Like, um. Or like, um. Oh, is it like <laughs> presentado? Like, it's like a person who's nosy? No. Oh. <laughs> like, he thinks oh, yeah. he's all that. Um, someone who's like. Like, prideful, right? Or smart. Vain. The opposite. Dumb? Yes! Oh, oh. oh. oh somebody call me Kohudo. <laughs> Two yeah. points for Danny. There you go. Whoa. So the word Kohudo. He, he's being... What? Walk <laughs> through it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he's getting help. From the me. word Kohudo means... Um, menso, como se diría en oh, Mexico. Menso, right, right. Or tonto. If you're getting mad at somebody, it's just like, oh, somebody did like a dumb mistake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ah, que cojudo. Oh, ah, how yeah. dumb. Like, Very good, we have a word for that, but I can't say it. Yeah. Yeah, este burro. Este burro, yes. tal cual, yeah. I, I couldn't find the word, so I put menso because I know it's like yeah, really yeah, Mexican. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's the word. So, ding, ding, ding for Danny. And then the last word. I should probably do one more, two more. Probably one more, just one, one more, more yeah. one more, one more. Pana. Oh, but that I know that one. That's like a friend. Yes! Yeah. Oh, my God. That, yeah. was, that was the easiest one? Yeah, it's the easiest one. Jesus Christ. And I put too. it at the end because I thought it was going to be difficult. <laughs> because I use it back in Puerto Rico. I was not thinking that. Too. I'm just saying that. Yeah. <laughs> in Ecuador, well, as, you, as Victor said, pana. Yeah, It's pana. being a friend. Yeah. yeah. Pana, amigo. So, that's what we have. So, I'm really glad that you guys get to learn a little bit more about Ecuadorian slang. So, next time, if you go to Ecuador, mm. that you already have some words in mind to think about it. You guys are ever, like, going to Ecuador. It will be really nice. So, yeah. What do you guys thought of this game? It was easy. It was good. It was good. So, I won, right? 2.5? Yes. Yeah, oh, oh, let's go. There you go, Victor. I'm the champion. Let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> That was a great, that was great, Daddy. Thank yeah. you so much. No, thank you, guys. And again, like, it was really nice to bring, like, this type of games. Mm. Like. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Like, next time, probably we can bring some. Venezuelan. Some Venezuelan yeah. slang yeah. words or some yeah. Mexican slang words. So, yeah. So, yeah. What do you think, Victor? I loved it. I loved it. And, you know, I would love to go to Ecuador soon. So, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And then we're going to play Telepatia. By Kaliuchi. Yes, Ooh, we love her. And, I love Kaliuchi. And then we'll be right back. So, catch you later. <laughs> 